the podcast dedicated to the fans of Stereophonics, their stories, memories, fun times. I'm Paul Smith, and this is Keep the Podcast Alive. Hello, and welcome to episode two of Keep the Podcast Alive. I'm Paul Smith. My guest this week is Mr. Simon Collier. Simon, how are you doing, mate? You good? Very good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. Loving the shit. Yeah, well, you know, coming up, innit? Exactly. How long, how long we got left? Saturday, next Saturday, isn't it? Again, oh, eight days. God, I know. It all goes mad yeah. then. Done in the valleys. <laughs> yeah, 2016 was absolutely crazy, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, pubs are just back opening, innit? So uh, that's it. It'll probably be closing again after this now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll drink and drive before they do close. So um, I think this uh, this episode has been um, eagerly awaited by many people. Sign. Um, obviously, yourself was part of the band. You know, before they came Stereophonics. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, I think people are quite intrigued to to hear what you know some of the things you've got to say. Um, I've got some questions from, you know, some of the listeners that were, uh, you know, I'll put to you kind of throughout the podcast or, you know, uh, depending on how we go in, I might just fire them all in sort of a quick fire round at the end of the podcast or whatever. Yeah, we'll see, um, this, see how this goes, I guess. Exactly, exactly. I think you, you, you probably got enough stories for us to make a whole series of podcasts, um, just speaking yeah, to you, to probably, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to start from the beginning, you know, okay. um, go right to the very start. How, um, how did you, how did you know, or how did you meet the boys? Right. So, um, I'll be going back a long time now. Um, yeah. My memory's not what it used to be, but, uh, <laughs> th- you know, things like that, uh, you, you, you know, you, you never forget. Like, um, so, um, I knew, um, I sort of grew up um, sort of with Stuart when he was like 17, 18, 19, because um, I was a bit younger than Stuart. Um, there's like three years between us. Uh, so I would be my 16, 17. Um, we used to follow the same music, um, go to the same clubs, uh, the rock. It was the glam rock scene then in, uh, you know, in Cardiff and um, yeah. There was Tonopandi Naval Club and Borgies in Cardiff, which were the, the big rock clubs. And I mean, we all liked the same bands: 70s rock, 80s rock, Motley Crue, Kiss. Uh, Stuart was a big Rush fan, as you probably know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we sort of we all sort of were in competition, really, with um, with each other. <laughs> um, Wherein how much makeup you could wear. And, uh, <laughs> How much, uh, how many of your mother's bangles you could have up your arm, you know? And uh, so that's how me and Stuart met, really. It was that scene, and it was, it was a good friend of ours called Julian Castaldi, who actually, who actually got us together. I mean, Julian features in the stereophonic story later, which heavily, as you know. So, um, yeah, so I was friendly with Julian and then Stuart, and then um, I knew Kelly uh, through playing football, youth football. Um, because Kelly being a year younger than me, but used to play in the Commandment football team. Um, and he was always this kid with this long hair, you know, always had a mullet, uh, Kelly, and really long hair on his back. And um, used to run like a girl, still runs like a girl. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, 
I knew Kelly through football, and then I started working in Aberdeer in um, in Market Street, which was a uh, it was it's the main sort of Market Street in Aberdeer. Funny enough, <laughs> um, and Kelly was like doing fruit and veg, so um, I would be working in a paper shop across the road. Um, bearing in mind I was like eighteen, uh, Kelly must have been about seventeen, um, and uh, he was. He would be bringing in all the fruit and veg like six o'clock in the morning into the market, and right opposite, I'd be work. I'd be taking all the papers in the paper shop. So I'd see him every morning. We talk about you know, how oh, you doing? Blah, 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 you know, usual. Um, uh, oh, I beat to see Aerosmith the other, you know, Kelly like the other night and uh, stuff like that. So um, it was all we, we became friends. Um, we were enemies on the football pitch, <laughs> but friends, you know, outside. Outside of that, and uh, Kelly was in a few bands from really young, um, and they were and they were really decent bands for the for the age of the guys who were in it, you know. Um, but Kelly was like a guitar player; he, he was never really pushed to the front to sing until obviously um, Tragic Love Company came along, and we, yeah. we were like, we were like, "You've got to sing; you've got a voice like an angel." Kel, you know, his old man was a great singer and uh, was very respected on the clubs and stuff. And, um, I'd done his own thing in the sixties and seventies, as you know, and uh, yeah, it, so it was natural really for Kelly to go on and sing. Um, well, me and Stuart thought anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he eventually ended up giving it a go, and uh, so he started singing in bands. And I'll just push the story forward a bit. So yeah, we we were they were looking for a uh, they'd been in bands together like Silent Runner, and um, uh, there was a few bands Kelly was in um, Zephyr and. Um, with Stuart originally um, and then later on um, they just sort of fizzled out and Kelly and Stuart I know were looking to form a new band so uh, I seen Kelly one morning and he said to me how do you he knew I was playing guitar and he said how do you feel about joining this new band we started up um, we're going to be uh, rehearsing in Kamaman, um every Thursday and Sunday and so I said, yeah, why not? Give it a go. You know, I just bought a new guitar. It was a Les Paul um, Epiphone, a Les Paul copy. Uh, lovely looking guitar. I mean, it was sparkling. Gold hardware. I mean, the nuts, you know, yeah. gold hardware. And uh, I bought it in Kamaman, actually, a shop in Kamaman. So, <laughs> so I said, yeah, why not? So that was how that started. And I joined up for rehearsals with Stuart. And I'd never met Richard up until that point. And... Uh, Okay, he said, oh, this a mate of mine, good friend of mine is um, was his best friend, I guess, at the time in school. They were like thick as thieves, um, except Richard was stealing cars. And I think Kelly was <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying, trying to do a bit of work in the market, you know. Um, yeah, so I joined that. That's where that happened. And that would have been like 1990. Uh, yeah, when we started that, um, we started off as Blind Faith was our first name of the band we first had. Okay. And uh, the first gig we ever did was as Blind Faith. Mm-hmm. And it was the one and only gig we ever did as Blind Faith. <laughs> as we found out later, there was a band in the 60s with Eric Clapton. It was also Blind right, Faith. Right, yeah, so, uh, of course. So, so was that the four of you then, Simon, was it? That was me, Kelly, Stewart and Richard, yeah. That was the first mm-hmm. time, uh, well, them three had, had played together live. And obviously I was in the band then. So, yeah, it was the first time we played in a big top in... Um, in Aberdeer, uh, by the, the old sports centre, which is gone now. But it was like yeah. a big, big circus tent, basically. And uh, 
lots of fun, nervous for all of us, but you know, it was, it was, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. We all thought what, we were, um, we all thought we were going to be the next whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but what it, sort it was, of songs would you ever played, Simon? Uh, well, we were listening. We done we done a few ACDC songs. I've still got the set list somewhere. Yeah, oh, really? with, with Kelly's handwritten set list. Um, which is wow. which I'm I'm thinking about pulling up on eBay at, at some point. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got you. Give me a shout before you do sell it. All right, okay. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> but you know, you keep things like that. You know, um, yeah, what I did do. anyway. Um, there's lots of stuff like that from the past. Um, but yeah, we we were doing lots of ACDC stuff like um. I think we've done shot down in flames and um we may we may have done get it hot or oh, i can't i can't really remember to be honest yeah yeah but we, we opened up with two songs by the uh the tragically hip the, the canadian band mm-hmm. because we were um that's we were we were listening to at the time and because julian had got us on to the tragically hip um and uh it, we thought wow this this band's amazing like the, the writing i think kelly Really enjoyed the lyrics, Gordon Downey's lyrics in that band, and because uh, it was very, very similar to what Kerry did later with like small town stories and things, you know, and yeah. storytelling kind of kind of writing, yeah. Which was really, which we'd never heard before. Um, no, I was a big Kiss fan, so I was just I was mm-hmm. like balls out. I'm Stuart. We, we were just balls out rock and roll, you know, DC, <laughs> you know, um, Aerosmith, Motley Crue, you know, um, all that sort of era and um kelly was a bit more mellow i think he was he had a few more lighter sides because he used to follow his father singing and his father used to do a lot of stevie wonder and what is red in and you know kelly yeah he had that side to him um i think richard was listening to like some crazy punk <laughs> bands <and> shouty <laughs> shouty sweary kind of punk bands that were out at the time yeah Which, and I mean, and with, with the seventies kind of rock influence, we all had like Lynn Skinner and Free and Bad Company, and uh, which we all liked. Um, that sort of molded, and that's sort of the, <laughs> if you can call it a sound at the time we had. It, it, what we did have kind of a sort of unique sound at the time. Um, yeah, because it was like a mashup of so many artists, so many different eras and genres, and. Uh, but it sounded great. <laughs> well, we thought it did, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, and of course, that's obviously where your name came from, then, isn't it? Another mashup of the your favorite artists. It was, yeah, because um, obviously that early nineties, the the Seattle scene had just started to to break a little bit, and um, obviously Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, um, Stone Temple. We were listening to stuff, Stone Temple Pilots, a lot of. Uh, a lot of that, Alice in Chains, um, and then Mother Love Born being one of those sort of bands from that sort of era, which was like a, they were like a mix of grunge and glam, Mother Love Born. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and the singer Andrew Wood, um, who died uh, of a heroin overdose, um, was a great singer, a great songwriter, and uh, you know, big loss to, to the to the scene really when it happened and um we took obviously the uh love from that and the tragic <laughs> from the tragically hip and bad company was like we were all like yeah, bad company well tragic love company 
yeah, sounds great. <laughs> Sounded great to us. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it wasn't so great when people are trying to ring you up for gigs and things. That was the thing. Yeah, I I remember um, Kelly saying once um, he thought about Mabel Cable because he thought it sounded like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, that was a bit. I think that was they were. We I think we thought about that for about. Um, that was right towards the end of me finishing with them, actually, because um, they obviously they were looking for another name after Tragic Love Company, and uh, which eventually went on to be Stereophonics. But um, yeah, I, um, I thought that was a great name, Mabel Cable. Um, you know, and it was and it was Mabel, and Stuart's mother was 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 an amazing woman, and I thought yeah. what a what a tribute that would have been, you know. Of course, um, of course. I don't know how far they would have got with that name, but you never, never know, do you? <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, what was, I'm going to go back a little bit, and I just got a, a burning question in my mind. What was Kelly like at football? Uh, we scored lots of goals, actually, because he, really? he never used to run. He used to be like, I mean, if VAR had been about then, I mean, he would never have scored anything. Never have scored. Because <laughs> um, he used to be one of these people. I used to shout at everybody and just want the ball in, in the six-yard box, you know, mm. even when the play, the play was all down the other end of the field. Kelly would still be in the six. <laughs> he would ball always be offside, yeah. Um, but what I remember him young, he was he was decent, yeah. Um, we didn't think, I mean, we used to call him rotten, but I mean, you know, it's uh, that was just, <laughs> that was just banter. But um, yeah, he was, yeah, he was all right, actually. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think he went on to play like county level, I think at some really some stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was a, but he was just like scoring goals, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know, um, like when I when I played football, sort of early two thousands, Kamalman had a decent team then. I think Kamalman in the Aberdeen League were always a decent team. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so well, they yeah, had, decent they, level. They had a Welsh league team as well. Obviously, I still think I still think they have got some sort. Yeah, of possibly, team. yeah. Um, up there, some really good players have gone through there in the past. I know. Yeah, uh, the, the top end of the Cannon Valley have always produced really good players and good teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah like Clue a very good team up that way. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Stuart's boy plays for for Clue now. Actually. Does he? Uh, yes. So that Kian. So um, yeah, and he's doing really well apparently up there. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty mad. Um, what's top? Talk me through your room, Simon. Just looking around your room. All right. I okay. think I can see maybe some some discs, some discs on the right hand side. Your guitars. All right. Yeah. Oh well, there's just a few guitars. Um, thank God. <laughs> you can never have too many guitars, but I but I haven't got <laughs> but I haven't got too many guitars. So, um, the discs are just um, uh, yeah, they just phonics discs from the first album. The uh, second album, third album, right up until uh, you got to go there, basically. Yeah. And then, and then the guys sort of stopped giving them out. I think because after you got to go there, I think um, they weren't giving us free discs then because yeah, because they had to pay off Stuart after they sacked him. I think. Ah, uh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, so it probably wasn't in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Well, that's that was my theory on it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, um, that's yeah. They're all they're all like um, like platinum awards and gold awards that we that we had, um, and the band were good enough to give the give the crew 
every time we had they had an award, you know, we had one as well, which was really good. Yeah. So that's obviously when you um were you were Kelly's guitar technician, right? Yeah. 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 The photo there's a photo there of of us actually Tragic Love Company, uh, the first demo we actually recorded. Um, which is on my wall in this and everybody who visits this room, they all go to that and think, Wow, that's an amazing photo. Um it's the four of us rehearsing in Herwin YMCA recording the first okay. demo we ever did. And it's a black and white photo a friend took uh, of mine. And uh, yeah. it was, it, it's, it's really cool, actually. And that's why I've put it up. Um, yeah, I can, all, I, can, I can sort of see it. But yeah, I can black and white. But I can think I can see the drums. I, w- I would like to take it off the wall. But if I take it off the wall, it probably won't be able to go back on time. Honest, so. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, your guitars, are those, are those the ones you would have used in the band? Uh, no, uh, the one I, the one I did use in the band, uh, the main that black Les Paul I was telling you about is now here. It's not black anymore; it's brown, and the neck is snapped. And um, oh, I've, I've had people offering me money online for that. Really? I'm from Tragic Love Company, yeah, and um, it's it's crazy because it's in a hell of a state. It is yeah. fixable. Yeah, I am not going to piss about with guitars anymore. Uh. <laughs> I it's just, part just, of uh, it's part of what became Stereophonics history, mate. That's you know, right. It, yeah. it, it would um, it would probably is worth something to a lot of people and yeah, yourself. And I'd rather it. I'd rather somebody else have it. You know, because it, yeah. it doesn't. It's if they think that much about it, then great. I'd, I'd I'd rather give it to them and give it away. You know, and uh, yeah, they 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 could probably sell it on eBay for a couple of quid. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I've got a couple of questions from um, people who've messaged in. Okay. Um, I think one of your um, one of your mates, Ant Antoine. Oh yes, Antoine. <laughs> um, so you said obviously you've um, travelled the world, um, gigging and stuff. Which country did you enjoy the most? Tough, tough question. That's always a tough question to be honest, because you don't really not enjoy wherever you go. Um, no. Unless it's Penrith or something like that, no, you know, you, know. Um, <laughs> you, you can edit that. Um, no, I love Penrith. There's some, there's some great people over there. Um, anyway, no, um, no, there's not any. I, I, um, there are certain places that, yeah, that kind of stick out, I guess, um, for, for different reasons. Um, I'm a big fan. Is I like San Francisco is like my favorite city in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, been there with the band, been there with a couple of bands actually. Um, I've been there on a holiday, um, so you get to see. I mean, you get to see a bit more when you're on holiday. Um, when you first, when we first went with the Phonics, it was. I think we had like one day off, and the, and the first thing we all wanted to do was go over to uh, Alcatraz, you know, which we all did. Yeah. Because um, you got to do it. If you didn't, San Francisco. Yeah, of course. That's the thing to do. So we all did, you know, the rec company got us all tickets and blah, blah, and we all went. Um, and that was early on. That was like 96, 97, I think. So when we, you got to remember, we are kids. <laughs> we hadn't been anywhere before, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think the boys had ever been out of Commandment, Stuart, um, Kelly and Richard. And I certainly hadn't been anywhere further than maybe London, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, San Francisco for me. Just to shorten that that answer up a little bit, because it was also the um, 
it was the most iconic venue. The, the Fillmore in San Francisco is like a really iconic venue to me because there's bands that have played there, uh, 60s and 70s, who I really admired. And going to that venue was like, wow, we're in the Fillmore. What do we do now? Well, I tell you, <laughs> and anyway, I tell you, what you do now you set up and you do your own gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So San Francisco being my favorite city. I mean, I love Australia, all over Australia. Um, I really like. Um, there's, there's parts of Europe um, which I wouldn't recommend to go to. <laughs> I, I've pretty much liked everywhere I've been. Really, you've got to make the yeah. most of where you go. Anyway, even if you think, oh, you know, this is not great. Of course. Um, Christ, you're getting away. I mean, we we were living, you know, we were like seven, eight boys on a on a permanent, you know, a rugby tour from the valleys. You know, go to Scotland, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly what it was like when we started. We were like long term one of them. Anyway, boys on a, on like a eighteen month trip to Scotland for the rugby. <laughs> you, you can imagine with with the only the only drawback was the gigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you could probably you know. count the amount of sober days on one hand, right? <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't many, but but we were. You know, that's the way you've got to approach it. You can't, um, I mean, obviously, you get older, the more you see, the more tours you do. Um, you wise up a little bit. Um, we got in so much, we got in so much bother when we were away first, all of us, because we were, well, we were from Aberdeen, like. Yeah, and yeah. So all we wanted to do is drink, smoke, uh, run riot. Yeah. You know, and I remember Kelly's line used to be, you know, this would be a really great job now. If only it was. If only it wasn't for the gigs, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, um, so we all sort of adopted that sort of stance. Really, it was like, oh, wouldn't this be a really good job if it wasn't for the gigs? Yeah, <laughs> the gigs got in the, the gigs got in the way. Brilliant. I'm sure he doesn't think that now, mind. <laughs> no, definitely not. And, and of course, none, none of us did after, like you know, after that initial "let's go wild." Yeah. Because when the success comes, you know, it sort of, it makes you a bit more professional. You have to be a bit more professional. Yeah, you've got to behave otherwise, a little bit as well. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise you don't, you don't survive in the crazy world of rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, so, be, like you said, I think you said 15 years you were, as Kelly's guitar man, mm-hmm. at what point? Um, I stop. What what sort of time frame? What album were you on? Were you on kind of thing? I actually finished. Um, it was just what, what was the album after? Look at me. I can't even remember the albums now myself. What was the album after Language Sex? Was uh, that would keep pull, calm and carry pull, on? Was, oh, pull no, the pull the pin. Well, I would have finished just before keep calm and carry on then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Was, uh, okay. So we're talking. It was pretty. The pull up in was pretty much. That was pretty much how I was feeling at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. Around so right about two, <laughs> kind of thing. Then. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Um. Another. Which band or artist are you most honoured to have toured with? Again, um, numerous, but one that stands out for me, and I always tell everybody um, who asks me. The best ever tour that I've been on was David Bowie's last tour when we supported him in America. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just because it had it, it, the, the whole, I mean, 
it's David Bowie for a start. I can see um, you're a fan of David Bowie from the look I am, of yeah. Um, and even more so... Inside the room there, yeah. Even more so after I, after I'd met him, you know. Yeah. Um, and, his, and his lovely wife. and Because uh, on that tour, he treated... He was like... The guy was so nice. I mean, I mean to everybody. To the crew, you know, to, the, to everybody involved in the bands that were there and the bands that toured with him. He was... And this guy is like, it's like David Bowie. You know, I toured, we toured with U2 and we toured with Bon Jovi. You know, we done tours with Aerosmith and all big bands in their own right. Um, massive bands in their own right. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing that compares to that tour we done because that tour had everything, pretty much. Uh, it was a three-week tour in America uh, on his last ever tour, which we didn't know at the time then, obviously. But wow. It was his last ever. It was the reality tour. And um, yeah, it's the last time he toured at all. After, after that, he, he went into... He, well, he got ill, obviously, and uh, yeah, he never toured again. Yeah, so that was a big, big one then. Yeah, obviously, was, he didn't know it at the time, but yeah, no, not at all. And it was, but the thoughts. I mean, the the band is band were great, you know, and uh, all his crew would look really looked after us. And there was, um, like I said, the tour had everything. The first, the first night we done that tour was in Miami, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a famous story. I don't know if you. If you're aware of the story, the first night we played with David Bowie, um, we went on and done our, our support slot, which was like 45, 50 minutes. We were playing this auditorium in Miami, first night to the Bowie tour. So we're all there, we do the gig. And then as we're moving our stuff off the stage, there's a big thud in the middle of the stage. And I'm looking back to see, well, perhaps one of our guys has fallen all you know, with, with a case or something. Yeah. But this guy, had, this, this lumpy guy had fallen... American local guy had fallen off the rig, flat on his face, and he and he he had passed passed away instantly. So, uh, Shut up. and that was our that was our first in our changeover. This guy had, yeah, he went to court and everything after, and um, uh, obviously, well, we had to go to court, and you know, and they did they didn't find anything wrong with obviously this guy had gone up the rig um, without a harness on. And he'd had a bit uh, of a heart. Okay. He, he had a bit of a heart condition, apparently. So he shouldn't actually have been up there in the first place. Um, but he didn't take the harness out of that. He fell from the rig, and yeah, he had, and he hit hit the stage with an almighty. I can still hear the sound. I today. can. I can imagine. Yeah. Wow. And I, I had run on stage to find out if one of our guys had fallen, but um, the other guitarist um, with us was Scott at the time. Um, his tech, Steve, was there covering this guy with the blanket because this, this bloke was already, he must have gone, he must have died as soon as he hit the stage, you know. Yeah, and of course, wow. all, the audi- all the audience are like 10 feet in front, and the place is full, so they all see this. And um, it's a hell of a when I tell people this story, they're like, they're like Wow, you know, it, it, it is one of those moments you never forget, and um, yeah, so we had to. Anyway, they cleared the auditorium, This uh, obviously paramedics, blah, blah, blah. And we had to stay behind everybody uh, in the two bands and the crew because um, the FBI locked down the building because that's what happens. Wow. In America, and something like that happens. So, um, so as the FBI were locking down the building, we were all in the dress room and we were waiting to see if Bowie would... Well, Bowie obviously wasn't going to play. This is all first night for Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> And he doesn't. The stardust you need to go on. Uh, you know, 
I'm laughing. It was really sad, you know. And yeah, um, it's the it's the first to first obviously date with Bowie, and this happens. So Bowie doesn't even get to play. So he comes over to the dressing room, and we're all in there, and he's like, "Right, I need you all to come outside." So we're all in this corridor backstage of this thing, and he Bowie's there now, and we'd all sat down, and he says a prayer, and we're all there, and, and everybody's like silence. And uh, but that was the man, you know, that was that was him. He said this prayer, and, he, and um, <laughs> it's quite this. Uh, I'm I'm telling it myself, and it's quite surreal me telling it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's. That was one of those moments. And then the tour, uh, we had a day off then because I think they cancelled the date after. And then we started a proper then after that. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, but, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that story. That's, yeah, that's, well, it, that's crazy. It, it, it went to court in the end and nobody was found, you know. Um, it was nobody's fault then. But no one the had guy, fault, but, yeah. But the guy who had actually gone up without the harness with his heart complaint, you know. Yeah. Um, and there, was an, there was a Welsh, there was actually a Welsh lampy working for Bowie at the time, wife first met there, and um, I still speak to now, and I'm sure he'll remember it, I mean, more than me, because obviously he was working with the lighting guys there, Yeah, uh, Skippy, who's from Cardiff, and uh, yeah, it's, <sighs> so there was tragedy in that tour, as we started. Yeah, yeah, on the first so, uh, day as yeah, well, wow. And then, but after that, I mean, everything was, I mean, Bowie used to come and see us after every or before every gig, I should say, backstage and say, "You okay? You all right?" He, he talk to you as if you know you, as if you're, you're a normal guy, you know. Yeah, as if he's a mates. normal guy. Yeah, it's like Ziggy Stardust going around and saying, "Do you all right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was so. That's why that's another reason why that tour really was something was something else. The rest of that tour then was great. The music was great. Obviously, you get to see Bowie every night from the side of the stage. Yeah, um, incredible. Get, get to have a few drinks and parties them after, you know, and and uh, but they were so nice and that say that tour had everything. It was nice weather. <laughs> it was in the middle of summer. <laughs> it was all they were all outdoor gigs, most of them anyway. Um, then like country parks, amphitheaters yeah. in like East to Midwest America, you know, and uh, yeah, lots of fun. Apart from that, <laughs> obviously that initial. Apart from the one night, yeah, yeah but, of course, but, yeah. The, so we went off on a bit of a tangent then with, with that, didn't we? Um, <laughs> that was my favourite. Yeah, that was most, uh, my most honour, I guess, I've had. <laughs> I think. Awesome. If that's, if that's the right thing to say. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. On your Facebook, you having a little jam the other day with your guitar and having a little sing song. Are you getting oh, yeah. back into it? Yeah, I'm, try well, I'm trying to. Yeah, like, like, uh, like I was saying to you, I mean, before we came on, it's... Um, I didn't play for years. Didn't really pick up the guitar for ages and ages. And um, I moved back into Aberdeer and I got this little music room sorted. Um, so with when you do that, I mean, you, you, you see all the equipment you've got and you've, and you've gathered over all the years. <laughs> and you think, well, I may as well do something with all that now. Um, so I've had the chance to do it now. And um, it's, I didn't play for, for, for a good, it's years really. Um, but lockdown came obviously in March last year and, uh, I picked the guitar up and I thought, well, let's have a go, see how this goes. And yeah, I've, I've pretty much played every day, I think since then, <laughs> cool stuff. I, I've done so many videos on the, on the virtual jam things on online and, uh, just enjoying it, you know, again, which is good. Uh, you've got to That's enjoy good. it, haven't you? 
yeah, of course, of course. If you don't enjoy, enjoy it, it's no point. Yeah, it just becomes a job. It's not so. It's not gathering so much dust on my uh, my guitars and not anyway. That's that's oh. the way I look at it. I mean, awesome. I'm gonna, I am gonna clean them so I <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I need to know about your nickname, Wolf I, Boy. Apparently, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's quite simple. The boys used to reckon I was barking mad. So I mean, that when 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 we first started, and I, I guess I was a bit when you were when we when you're younger, you, you are now. And like for the reasons yeah. we, we were just talking about earlier, when we first went on tour and stuff, you do tend to get a you know like a drink, like a smoke, yeah. have a good crack. Um, yeah, I was a bit. I was like that in school though, so it was like I always wanted to be like the centre of attention and yeah. was kind of the joker and the clown, you know. Um, I'm not anymore. Although my, <laughs> mis- although my missus would probably say different. Um, yeah, so you just kind of grew up, and that's where that came from. I, I, it was now I get called all sorts of things, but all along the same line, I get yeah. called dog, the dog, sea dog, <laughs> collie dog, collie dog. <laughs> you know, uh, wolf boy, wolf, wolf. Whatever sounds <laughs> all connected to that is uh, anything dog related. Anything dog related, basically, yeah. <laughs> so, it's not. It, it could have been worse. Well, that's right. That's yeah. right thing, I mean, it could have been a lot yeah. worse. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, with all with all these stories, um, have you ever been approached to do like a book or anything? Well, people have asked me, but um, it takes a lot of time and effort. I mean. I mean, it takes a lot of time and effort to set up what you've done here, look. So you're new to, you know, are you, I mean, imagine writing a book. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know these people get ghostwriters and stuff. And a friend of mine, Bunko, who wrote Stuart's book. I don't know if you've read Stuart's book. Um, uh, Demons and Cocktails. Yeah. Incredible book. Um, he used to come over. Every time I used to see him, he was like, you've got to, got to get all these stories together and, we, and, we'll, and we'll do something. And I'm like, yeah, 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 no worries, no worries, no worries. And there's this other author who lives in Japan is uh has been on to me for about ten years, is like, you've got this has gotta be, you know. But once I start, I'm great. But you think yeah. I can remember half the stories. It, there was so many, and I've been so many states. <laughs> yeah, of course, of you course. Know, um and, but the older I'm getting, actually the the lot of them are coming back. Um it's just my Current memories going. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember what yesterday. One day, one day I will. I, I'm sure I will. But I, even if it'll just be in like a memoir, you know, uh, it's because um, the story. I think the stories are worth they gold, really. Yeah, especially, especially I, the people who like to like to listen to them. You know, like yourself. And, of course, and and to be honest, Simon, that's. Uh, I'm, the only reason that I decided to start a podcast, um, you know, dedicated to the phonics, simply because I read so many stories, I hear so many stories, and I hear so many fans telling their versions of these stories. And I thought, yeah. you know, pe- and people always like to listen, and people always like to tell their stories about the phonics. So I thought this is the perfect place. And to be honest, you know, uh, like I said at the start, this, you know, having someone who's been part of it, like yourself, come on. Yeah. I mean, that's just nothing. It, I mean, like you say, scratching the surface. Um, yeah. I mean, 
uh, with, with, with like we were talking about the book thing earlier, I mean, there was a plan. They were going to do a video about like um, the original Morava, you know, that, that, that weekend of Morava was going to be made into a film by, by somebody at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know whatever, whatever happened to that, though. Because um, I thought, I still think, I mean, if I had the money to back it, I would. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, I think, I think that's a great idea. And you can imagine some of the stories of those 50,000, 60,000 people, even the ones that couldn't get in, or the ones that did get in illegally anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, of those three days, that full weekend in Swansea of that original Marvel, which was still the highlight, I think, of... Kelly might not say it now, but I think, I think he's still, deep down, I think he's still think so that was probably it was an end of an era for that band yeah I, I, you know after that was they moved it we went up another level you know um, yeah and, and i think when i speak to people about their gigs morfan always gets mentioned every single time yeah um, it's, it's, it's abs- a big one it was absolutely mental for us that will stay with me forever those memories will stay with me forever you know and uh, the gig was wow i mean the people there was just it was just amazing the weather was great yeah it, Hopefully one day somebody will. Kelly will probably do it himself, to be honest. Yeah, and he'll probably play himself when he's sixty years. So I know. Definitely. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he'll definitely direct it. I would have thought. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there you go. Well, he's just done one documentary now, which I thought was did really you see, good. Did you? I, I've not seen it yet. Um, I don't know if you saw. No, uh, to be honest, um, it was it was it was a bit strange how he, you know it was a like a pay-to-watch pay kind of thing, and it was only available for like a couple of days. Yeah, I found that bizarre, because lots of people now are like, where can I, fi- where can I get people it? People are trying to find it, and it's impossible. It's not out there. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Mr. Jones has got something up his sleeve for a, a release yeah. that at some point. Maybe to coincide with this, yeah. maybe this... We're all from Aberdeen and we're selling CDs in the pubs. <laughs> yeah, where are they gone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's all health and safety these days. <laughs> I think it's to do with the you don't even see the cockle man anymore you know no you don't you don't you got to go down the fourth call for them now yeah, exactly no but I think yeah saying that I think it, they'll probably release it it'll probably coincide with the I'm guessing that this this thing they've got coming at the end of the year um, which yeah is the 25th seems like the 25th anniversary of of I would of, be yeah 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 since word gets around in it 97, yeah. 96? Yeah, or next year then it'll be, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing maybe that, that'll that come in one big package, but we'll see. Yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah. I've, I mean, a lot of people are, I think. Um, yeah. Because I don't know how many actually watched that originally. So Yeah, I, I saw. Lots I, of I did. I know yeah. lots, of, lots of people didn't get to see it and, and we'll get it. And, um, yeah, it'll, it'll maybe come on Netflix. That's been mentioned. Uh, so you know, it's uh, or Amazon. You know, one of those uh, yeah. formats. So you never know. They all pay a lot of money to get that sort of content, they don't do. they? Yeah. I'm sure Mr. Jones will be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we scratched the surface. There's got to be another episode. Okay. Absolutely. You up for that? Definitely. Anytime, Definitely. man. Yeah. Thank you thanks, very much. Thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me to do it. Anyway, it's great. No, you know, thanks for thanks for giving me your time. Um, I'm going to play you out with a song. Which one do you fancy? Plastic California would be ideal for me. That was one of my favorite. Nice, nice. Yeah, if you could one do of the that, early ones, great. indeed. No worries, buddy. I'll play you out with Plastic California. No problem.
yeah, again, Simon, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Uh, well, thank I'm you. Sure My I'll pleasure. I'll see you in the very near future. We'll do this again. Definitely. Keep in touch, mate. Cheers, Simon. Thank you. See you soon. Good luck, buddy. Good luck, Paul.